Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the IME Podcast. My name is Dominic Kilworth, athlete, personal trainer, business owner, and personal development enthusiast. I'm joined alongside with Jackson Tippett, who is also a personal trainer, influencer, and fitness model. Together, we are your host of this podcast, where with each episode, we'll bring you an inspiring message or person to help you live your best life. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Now, let's get into it. Yes, and we are back. Um, first episode of 2021, and boy, have we got a big guest on board today. Um, I've reached out to this guy for a while now, and um, I've just wanted to have him on board. I love the way he goes about his work, the way he talks the truth, and um, yeah, results show for themselves. So we today we have on Troy Thornton, um, a huge online coach, uh, known for prepping predominantly bikini competitors, um, Australia and worldwide. So Troy, thanks for coming on board. Jax, thanks for having me on, brother. Cheers, man. Um, first of all, do you just want to tell the audience just a little bit about yourself? Um, obviously, for the ones that don't know it, that are listening. Yeah, right. Sure. So I'm an online coach, I'm predominantly doing IFB at the moment. Do also other federations as well, WBF, ICN, NABA. You know, you have competitors that want to compete in everything. I don't sort of, um, you know, go IFB is my only organization, but I do have a lot of IFB girls. But, you know, I'm a big fan of the fitness industry. I've been involved in it for a long time. Worked at the Arnold Sports Festival. You know, got into coaching probably part-time a little while ago, maybe. Well, not so, well, full-time, maybe two, just two, two years now full-time. And I started part-time probably, you know, done it on and off since about 2012. So I've always been involved, you know, coaching um, in general. But I also probably started with more males in the beginning. But now I've, I've gone into sort of the bikini nation, working with even some wellness and figure competitors now. Yeah, awesome. And um, that's going to bring us to our first question. And I'm even interested, why girls over guys um, for coaching? Probably because I had a, had a girlfriend at the time, actually. And, you know, I actually really didn't like the, the bikini category, um, ironically. Now I definitely do. It's, it's probably one of my favorite categories outside of true bodybuilding. So big fan of like the Mr. Olympia, obviously. So yeah. I, I got into bikini because my girlfriend at the time was wanting to do a show and she said to me, look, can you prep me? And I thought, I've never prepped a bikini competitor before. And I said, like, all right, let's just do it. It can't be any different from, can't be much different from prepping a male, which obviously it definitely is going through that experience. But what happened was, is that because it was my partner at the time, I really got invested in the category and wanted to do well. And I started learning a little bit more about it. And once I understood the category a little bit more, I kind of really just wanted to push in that direction and I accepted more bikini competitors and then all of a sudden I became really obsessed with the category and went all in and said you know what let's just attack this niche because I really enjoy it and I find that you know some of the coaches out there probably can't relate to females that well or they might find it difficult to communicate I actually prefer working with females I think it's a lot easier to work with a female over a male Um, and you know some people probably think that the bikini category or ladies in general have this stigma where it's a little bit more difficult to coach them because of emotions and other things, but I actually think it's much easier than deal with males. Yeah, I, I agree to an extent, but um, yeah, what what do you feel like? Do you feel like bikini, like obviously because you prep mainly predominantly comp prep, I find it's a lot harder than, you know, your gen population. So do you do it for the challenge or why do you do that more than just your general population clients? 
I, I think it's more because they have clear goal and direction. So if someone's coming to me wanting to work with me or a lot of the ladies that I do work with, they have a goal. So some of them might be to win their first competition. Some of them might be to win a pro card. Some of them might be to win a, their first pro show. So I, I like to work with anyone that their physique and knows the direction they want to head in. So if, if a lifestyle client came to me and said, Troy, I want to lose 30 kilos. I love that type of person because they know exactly what they want to do and I want to help them get there. So I think it's more goal focused rather than competing. If that makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I, yeah, I like, I've only prepped a few that have got on stage, but the, to actually see them up there, man, it's so fucking rewarding. So, and you know, obviously you're getting placings, you know, first, um, and et cetera. So that must really, you know, brighten your day when you see that. And obviously the competitor. Oh, absolutely. When look, when you, like, I, I like to go all in with my competitors. Like, I'm, even though I'm not competing myself, right, as a coach, I'm very competitive. And I really try to install that belief with my girls to let them know that, you know, I'm all in with them. And you know, if they lose, I lose. If, if they win, then, you know, I'll, I kind of win as well. So it's, a, it's important for me, for them to do well. And it's important for me to do, for me to go to do well. I'm really all in invested. In what, and that's pretty much probably why I enjoy it so much. Yeah, hundred percent. You're both a byproduct of each other. Um, obviously, people have this um, dogma or whatever that you know it's it's not actually that hard to get lean. But what's it like to actually get stage lean? I'm talking, you know, to the best condition you can. Like, take someone through it. What is it actually like, and how hard is it? So, are we talking about bodybuilding lean, or are we talking about bikini lean? No, no, bikini lean to start with. So, bikini like, what? With, yeah. I know it's not as lean, but it's still hard to get, you know, there. And people think, I just think people have this perception that it's not as hard as it is. So yeah. Do you want to tell people what the process is like to like, obviously putting on size, even as a bikini girl right. and then peeling down to a show? Sure. So I think, you know, the, the size requirements of bikini is something that a lot of people don't understand. You know, you need to develop symmetry proportion. You've got to flow really well. Bikini is actually a very complicated category when you break it down. You know, bodybuilding, like when we look at bodybuilding, we know what we're looking at. It's like the biggest, hardest dude wins. Bikini is not yeah. about the biggest, hardest bikini competitor, right? Posing is very important as well. But going to the leanest question, you know, the level of conditioning that's required, um, if it was easy, would see every bikini competitor in, on shape and, in shape on stage. But we don't see that. And the reason is because it's difficult. You know, you've obviously got to make sure that, you know, you're starting a contest prep, you're in good condition or relatively good off-season condition giving yourself enough time to prep, your coach has a plan, you have a plan, and you're completely com committed to getting after that plan. A lot of competitors, male or female, won't follow the plan. They won't do the work. They don't do the cardio. They'll have a cheat meal. They'll skip that gym session. They'll go to bed late at night. You know, they won't do all these one percenters. So yeah. these things matter. And if you're completely committed to your goal, you know, you're going to be completely satisfied with the decision regardless of what happens. But if you you know, leave something left in the tank, you skip that meal or you have a cheat meal or you don't do that cardio. That's what happens. You know, you're not going to be happy with yourself. And that's what happens when, you know, you don't see those ladies in condition as a bikini competitor on stage. They're the ones that have started prep too late. They've cheated on their diet. They've done whatever they shouldn't have done. And they've got the result that no one wants. Yeah. hundred percent. You hear a lot of these like so-called horror stories or I call them that, you know, this girl's doing two hours on the step bar and, you know, her food's at sub um, 1,500 calories. Is that something you believe? Obviously, there's different people with different genetics, but to true, like, statement, is that something you believe in that 
you have to you obviously be doing a you know a fair amount of cardio and your food has to be you know predominantly low to get to that uh, condition well it's interesting because everyone's different you know so everyone yeah. has a different starting point so let's say if if you've got a bikini competitor that's 12 kilos over stage weight and she's got 12 weeks to prep you know that's not going to be an easy prep you, you're probably going to have to grind you're going to have to do a lot of cardio you're going to have to probably go into an extreme deficit to make that happen if you've got a bikini competitor starting you know 20 weeks out and you know she might be six seven eight kilos over stage weight you're going to lose less than 500 grams a week you're not going to have to do those extreme deficits you're not going to do that extreme cardio so it's about proper planning so yeah does it happen a lot yeah it probably happens more than it should and sometimes even with me you know i've got to reduce calories to a point like eh, do i really want to do this do i really want to increase the cardio sometimes you you need to do that and you know i'm a big fan of doing less cardio i still definitely recommend it when it's required it's a tool you know like i've got a i've got someone right now that i'm working with from the new zealand show and she is uh, 15 and a half weeks out i've increased the calories with she's probably you know half a kilo over stage weight and she's on 3000 calories right now you know that's the extreme yeah that's good but the reason why she's in that position is because she reverse dieted at her last show so she's the freakiest example someone that is on the other side where you know she's just killed it her last prep i had to take over her prep she was on i believe 1200 calories and she was 12 weeks out i didn't have a lot of room to play with this time yeah, around, that's a crazy difference right i've reverse dieted her out she stayed on point she still had enjoyed christmas new years and all that and she's in this position now where she's really lean on a lot of calories her metabolism she's going crazy so she, because she's so disciplined she's getting rewarded and I find that the ladies that do have to do the extreme, sometimes it's not the coach's fault to put them through this because they haven't given themselves enough time. Their metabolism isn't that high. They haven't built up the calories in the off season. You know, there's a lot of variables that come into play, but you know, in general, I'm not a fan of really killing people to get in shape, but sometimes, you know, it does come down to your starting point, how much time you have and just crushing it to do what you got to do. Yeah. In saying that, do you believe in metabolic damage? I think that anyone can fix their metabolism. I do think that a lot of people don't know how to build up a metabolism, a healthy metabolism. So that's something that I do see quite often where ladies will come to me or even some males will just message me and be like, hey, listen, look, I've been on you know, X amount of calories for so long. I can't eat. I don't have an appetite or I'm not too sure. Like I'm not in shape. What, what should I do to fix my metabolism? It happens a lot. And I think that with proper programming, so not just nutrition programming, but using like interval training is a, is a good tool, you know, increasing training volume, making sure that they're training intense, intensely fixing internal dialogue. Like, is this person stressed? Like ladies do get stressed probably yeah. more so more than the average male that can affect their metabolism. So, you know, their environment that they live in, there's so many factors that come into play, but I do think that metabolism damage is a thing. Um, can it be fixed for most people? Absolutely. Yeah, good, good one. Because I, I hear a lot of it myself too. Um, and, you know, people coming to me that, you know, oh, I've got this slow metabolism, blah, blah, blah. But as you said, I think it comes down to a lot of factors, not just food, for example, or um, cardio. There's like stress, sleep, um, hormones, you know, all that kind of jazz, um, which is the reason why they might actually be holding fat. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. And, um, yeah, it's obviously something that, you know, people should hire a coach like you if they want to build their metabolism um, and, you know, try progress forward. So this is a big topic in the in the industry at the moment. And, 
this is the main reason why I got you on. Not many people talk about this, but we'll just start off with saying, do bikini girls um, or girls in general that you're prepping, do you think they need to take uh, PEDs? For everyone uh, listening, PEDs are steroids, so performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, so I think that, you know, the need, it really comes down to personal preference. Does anyone need to do anything? You know, no, definitely not. Um, do they do bikini competitors want to do it you know and yeah that's all comes down to individual preference so i've got ladies that use that like to use things and i've got ladies that don't it all comes down to what they want and what they're comfortable with for me personally someone comes to me and says troy i want a ifb pro card i want a wbff pro card whatever it is or this is my goal i never talk to them about drugs i never encourage them to, to do drugs what i do though is encourage them to ask me questions should they want to go down that road? Because we need to have an honest conversation, you know? Yeah, I like that. And then it's about educating them if they do want to go down that road and then making sure that they're doing the right things, you know, to make sure that they're staying feminine, they're using modest dosages, everything's being monitored, their blood work's good. And mentally, that's another thing. Mentally, they're okay. Because obviously when you do use PEDs, sometimes the mental side effects, we don't see. We don't know how someone talks to themselves. We don't know how they're feeling, their aggression, and a lot of other things that come into play. So it's important for us to understand that it's not just, you know, the the bad, bad side effects that we see externally, but how does that person feel on the inside and the mental challenges that they have could be depression, could be anxiety. So, you know, I'm a big fan of letting the athlete talk to me about it. Um, do I think it's needed? No. Um, I think some of the other categories, it makes it challenging for a competitor to do well without it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that, that covers it very well. So what would be some typical drugs that a bikini competitor would use if they came if they wanted to? I mean, the the, the ones that <laughs> there's there's the bad ones that um there's a lot of coaches that out there that will use. Oh, let's let's run through the ones that I don't like. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Let's run through the ones that you wouldn't put on, but then the ones that you would use um on a girl if they wanted to. Yeah. So, it, so before I go into this, everyone is different. So depending on their body fat, depending on their metabolism, um, there's so many factors that come into play. Some ladies can take certain things and get side effects, um, like I'm talking about, like pimples, and some can take things and not get it. So um, the ones that I really don't like that I don't recommend, so anti-estrogens for a bikini competitor, I really don't like. Um, and and the reason okay. the reason for that is what I find is is that it flattens ladies out a lot. It's a, you've got a really good, there's a really good opportunity to lose muscle and no one wants an opportunity to lose muscle. So it flattens you out. Does it get you in condition? The glute hamstrings, yes. Can it bring the legs? Yes. Can it bring you conditioning? Yes. Um, but what I don't like about it uh, would be that you have a different look to your face. It, I feel like, you know, collagen. So you see someone, for example, that's 20 years old. They've got a very full, plump face. They look, they have a lot of volume. You can tell they're young. They're 20 years old. What happens as we age, we, you know, we lose collagen and our face thins out. And then we can tell, hold on a second, this person doesn't have that same plump fullness that they have when they're 20, when they're 30 and when they're 40 as we age, right? It's a collagen thing. It's probably one of the factors. So, yeah. so what I look at is someone on anti-estrogens, for whatever reason, I just feel like it thins out the skin, it ages their skin. And when you're doing too much of that, you can tell when someone's on it. It just has a different look to the, to the skin. And then some people might get away with it because they're young or they might use modest dosages. But it's something that I don't like to use because I feel like it gives a different look to the bikini competitor. And you want to have a bikini competitor that's nice and feminine and looks pretty without really playing around with their skin texture and quality. Um, but 
from a performance side of things, I also don't like the fact that anti-estrogens flatten you out a lot. So I do feel like it's a lot easier to lose size. And if you're not complementing an anti-estrogen with a steroid, you're more than likely going to lose muscle. In, in say, I'll just stop you quickly. Yeah. Do, is that, does that count as Provirin too, or is that just your Arimidex and stuff? Yeah, so that would be, so Arimidex, Tamoxifen, yeah, um, Novidex, um, Aromacin. It's also dose. So Provirin or no, not? No, not Provirin. So Provirin, Provirin okay. I'll consider a steroid. Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, I think I've noticed that a lot. Hey, like even myself, when I used to um, use a lot of anti-estrogens to try um, look leaner, it's very interesting you say that, that now I look back to my face, it was very... Um, very bony and um yeah definitely detailed the look that you said yeah absolutely and it's something that people don't understand until they try it themselves and when you see it on competitors and you're like hold on what did you do differently oh you did this this and this oh hold on okay hold on and then next thing you know you have a conversation with another competitor and they've done something similar then you put the pieces of the puzzle together and you're like hold on i think this is the result that they're getting so over time you get the experience you collect information and you see things and you're like Maybe we shouldn't do that. Or how, do, how will it be if we just don't use an anti-estrogen, you know? So it's also about the risk to reward ratio. So someone, for example, um, just doesn't give a shit, right? Like you're doing a prep, your glute hamstrings aren't coming in or your legs aren't coming in. They're probably going to want to use an anti-estrogen. But then I think about, okay, put yourself in a position to do a longer contest prep. Give yourself enough time to diet down where you're not rushing things in the last six to four weeks or whatever it is where you might want to use something, put yourself in that position to not use it by doing more work. Yeah, fair enough. I like that. Um, so when saying that, what what would be any other drugs that you wouldn't no, um, want to yeah. put on a, any competitor? Yeah, no, no injectables. So no, don't do any injectables. Don't do anti-estrogens. Um, I think that, you know, if you're going to use something, um, make sure it's real. Like get a drug testing kit. A lot of people don't understand that you can buy some Anova from from the you know the local person that sells or whatever it is that you might have a hookup. It's sometimes it could be Dbol. It's often fake, so that's the problem as well. It's the quality. So if I say to someone, "Hey, listen, you could use let's use some Anova, for example," and then they use it and they start getting side effects, I'm like what the fuck's going on? It's like hold on, what was the quality like? Is it the Anova or is it something else? And more often than not, it's something else. If you're yeah, Anavar is so commonly faked. Um, you know, obviously because it's expensive, they'll um, use a different drug to make it. Um, you know, sta- um, stated as Anavar, but it's definitely not. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, yeah. the things that I that I would look at, you'd look at, you know, Anavar, Clem. They're the two safest, really, that you can that you, that you could potentially look at doing. Proviron, possibly, um, but it does dry you out a lot. It it has anti-estrogen like properties, but it is technically like a steroid. It's not like an anti-evo, but it does definitely bring in the conditioning. So, you know, I, would, I wouldn't I would go any further than those three for a bikini competitor. Um, a lot of bikini competitors can get in shape without it. Like, that's the thing. Like, I've, um, I just um, had a um, – because obviously being in Australia, we had the lockdown. We didn't have season B nationals. So I actually had a New Zealand competitor who um, – you know, people can check out my page and have a look at her. Completely natural. No, no, no clan, no fat burners, no steroids, no anti-estrogens natural look at her conditioning and tell me if you need something to get in shape the reason why she's in that condition is because she busted her ass so you know for people out there that are thinking that you need things for conditioning purposes you definitely don't you can achieve a level of conditioning without it so that's why it's all about you know risk to reward ratio what are you prepared to do um that particular client that i had wasn't prepared to do it we never had the conversation 
and we didn't want to have that conversation. So we just got after it and did the work. So, you know, people need to understand that you don't have to take things to get in condition. Now, if you're wanting to add more size and a lot of ladies are like, oh, you know, okay, I understand that, Troy. I don't need a, I can get in condition naturally. I can work hard and, and make it happen. Put myself in a position in the off season to, you know, be in good shape and then go into a prep and I haven't got a problem. I get it. But what about size? Size just takes time. More time in a gym. Yeah. Like if you're wanting to get a pro card immediately, you want to win your first show, just have an off season, have 12 months off, eat in the calorie surplus, put on the size that's needed to put yourself in a position to be competitive. You know, you don't need to go down that road, especially for a first time competitor, especially for novice competitors. Step on stage, do an ICM contest if you want to be natural and you're scared that other people are using. The truth is, is that there are people that use and there are people that abuse it, but not everyone is doing it. And sometimes you'll see that you have natural competitors that are true natural. And you and I both know, looking at someone, if they're natural or not, that they're actually going to do have a good outcome. And a lot of the time it's because they're hard workers. So if you're doing the hard work, you know, and, you know, you have these things like I need have more condition that can be achieved with diet and hard training and cardio. If you need more size, that's just more time in the gym. You don't need to be, you know, 18 years old on some Anova. That's just some stupid shit. Yeah, I like that. Um, you've missed two drugs that I want to talk about. Yep. So I know you I know you won't want this in your you would never um put it in a girl's stack, but I've actually heard it a lot um with girls coming to me is Primabol. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know what's your thoughts on it, but I've had a lot of girls come to me that have used it and has um, have had a past coach put them so on it. Primo, that, that's, we're talking about fake Anova, right? And Primobolin is probably the most fake drug of all time. So I've heard that. So you believe it's fully fake it's not now? Fully or? Fake. There, is, there is some, yeah. like, it's very, very, very hard to get. So the only way you're getting that is if you've got a high-level drug dealer. Like, it's extremely difficult yeah. to get. It's challenging. <laughs> now, you know, the benefits, if you actually get re real primobolin, it's probably not going to be that bad for you. But that's because it's real. Are you going to get real primo? Do people think they're getting real primo all the time, but they're not? It's fake. But don't inject. You can get oral primobolin. But again, that to, to, to have access to that, um, you know, you would have access to a lot of things. And it's very, very unlikely that you got real, real primobolin. But would I advise that? To, to any of my competitors, absolutely not. Have 100% no. Even if I had access to something like that, would I recommend it to my competitors? Absolutely not. So what is Prima Bolin usually faked with? Uh, probably Test, Boldenon, um, either one of the two. Test is very cheap, so it's easy to, you know, to fake with Test, um, but Boldenon's quite cheap as well. So either or, generally it's some, you know, probably, uh, and, and Boldenon can actually have some prima bolin like effects where someone yeah. might notice the difference like oh i've got low water retention you know it must be real but it's just bolden on and bolden on as we all know holds water real prima bolin will not hold any water and you'll yeah. just be full as shit like full as a truck yeah interesting <laughs> what about this one in this i know it's abused uh t3 um definitely not so yeah. Look, outside of if you've seen an endocrinologist and you've you've got a you know overactive thyroid or something's going on with your thyroid and it's medicated and it's being monitored with blood work, out like that's absolutely fine. Outside of seeing a doctor or an endocrinologist and and 
you don't need to be doing that. Um, and now the reason why, so the you know people are like, oh, like why wouldn't I do that? Um, eating eating away muscle, so it's going to eat away muscle. There's yeah. also a likelihood that you know because you're getting it synthetically, it shuts down natural production. There's a possibility that you won't turn that production on again post using T3, and that's happened with a lot. It doesn't happen all the time. It's not a hundred percent guaranteed that you're going to shut down your natural production. But it does happen often enough. And then next thing you know, you're going to have to have thyroid replacement for the rest of your life. So, you know, from a performance point of view, I don't even like it because it does eat into muscle a little bit, especially if you're not having enough calories and you're not having refeeds. But outside of the performance value of like, you know, getting in better condition, because it's going to burn through calories, you are going to drop weight. That's the exciting thing, right? But it does potentially affect you long term. So I don't like T3 at all. Is in saying that I know you don't want to use it. Is there a way you can use it safely, or just don't no? Touch I, I it? wouldn't do it with if, if you're a female. I wouldn't do it. I mean, if you're a male, you know, I know that some guys like to use it with growth hormone. You know, that's a little bit different. But you know, for, from the female point of view, particularly for bikini, stay the fuck away from it. You know, like what I just mentioned. Um, you know, you can get in shape. Yeah, you can get in really, really good shape without it. You don't even need to use clean. You know, obviously, people want the edge. People want the results now, and obviously, they'll throw in a little bit of clean. They'll throw in, you know, whatever that might be. But that's the thing. You start with one. The next thing you know, you're adding a second, and you're adding a third, and you're adding a fourth, and that's what happens. And people think that it's needed. And a lot of ladies have come to me. You know, I'm not gonna. This isn't gonna be a shit show naming names, but from certain coaches. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, they've they've had two, three, four. One point, I had a coach. Um, uh, well, a coach had a competitor come from a coach that was on seven different compounds as a bikini competitor, which is an absolute joke. So, you know, ben. you don't need to do this shit. So, I think that you know, T three definitely not used as a, it, like I would never use it as a bikini competitor, and I wouldn't use it for myself. Yeah, everyone listening out there, um, drop the T three because it's not needed. Um, What's some horror stories you have heard from clients or coaches? You've touched on a bit, but yeah, any real bad wow. horror stories? Um, I, I say, <laughs> we don't have to name, but just what um, happened? You know, let's say from bad in terms of bad side effects. Obviously, like your voice changing, um, hair growth on your face. Um, there's obviously some, yeah, absolutely with girls. Um, yeah, clip wow. growth. <laughs> um, you know, some some of the minor things like getting some breakouts and pimples that happens even if you're using some out of us sometimes which is okay. Like, you know, it's acceptable for some people. Um, some people don't like it, but the bad stuff, you know, the voice changing, the masculine like features, the jaw growing, that type of thing. So it's, and is that reversible or is that there for some of these things are, are there forever? So look, if you're, if you've noticed some jaw growth, um, for the ladies that are listening, just get some boat for God's sakes, get some Botox in your jaw, get your masseters done, you know, atrophy the muscle, yep. make it smaller. And that's what Botox will do. That's not going to help if you keep blasting and you keep using because obviously, like anything, that's going to grow. And that's what happens when ladies are on and they're using some, even if you're using a bit of VAR and you're using it for an extended period of time, eventually that's going to come up and it's going to grow. You're going to have that pronounced jawline. And there are levels of growth that we see and there's some things that are a bit too extreme. So it's just determining what's acceptable for you as a female competitor and what you're prepared to look like, what you're prepared to do and some of the things to avoid. But if you're a competitor and you're using PEDs, I would advise to get good masseters done. That would be my recommendation. Yeah. And you know, we're going raw with this. So I'm going to just touch base for people that don't understand. You said it can grow your yeah. clitoris. <laughs> can you explain why? I it would did do different, that? different things, just abuse. 
um, that you look at the end of the day, you're playing with your hormones, right? And yeah. if you're adding things in that, are, you know, it's, it's really like, you know, a, a comet falling from the sky. Where did the comet come from? You know, does it belong there? You know, yeah. it's not, it's natural environment. Like this, these hormones that we're adding in, it's not our natural environment. So by adding hormones in, we're messing with our physiology and things can happen. We get side effects and that's just one of the side effects that can potentially happen. And uh, it does happen a lot. And obviously, you know, it generally happens with the abuse side of things. So taking too much. So sometimes people might go, I'm just going to use one tablet of another. Next thing you know, they're on three and four. I've heard that before many times. And, yeah, I've heard that. you know, that's, that's yeah. that range where you're looking at it and going, okay, things are going to start happening. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I appreciate you being um, upfront and real with all this because I think the listeners will, you know, I think they'll take this on board um, and hopefully, you know, can help someone and, you know, even save someone from going through all this um, hell. What's some top advice for anyone wanting to compete that you would give to them um, before they want to, um, you know, designate a show and think, do it? You know, get yourself a coach. Definitely get yourself a coach. Figure out what you want in a coach. You know, do yep. your research. Make sure that you can communicate well with this coach. This coach shares your same values, the same, you know, opinion on the sport. Um, really believe like really believes in you. So sometimes you'll have a coach and say, yeah, you've got potential, you know, um, you know, look at their clients as well. See, see some of their results and, and speak to some of their clients. So I would do my research if I was a competitor and, and connect with like-minded individuals, talk to people that are on a certain team or if they've worked with a certain coach before, you know, the positives, the negatives, because everyone has negatives and a lot of people have positives too. So figuring that out after I've got myself a coach and I'm happy, I'm going to figure out a game plan, a timeline. I'm going to set myself a goal. And then I'm going to go, is this goal achievable in this timeline? And if the answer is yes, cool, let's get after it. If not, let's change the timeline. Let's give, give, that, give ourselves more time, have a longer off season, you know. And then after you've figured out that, it's just committing. You know, you need to commit to the goal. You need to say, all right, this is my goal. This is my timeline. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to listen to my coach to the best of my ability in the off season. Everyone needs to live, you know. Some people like to do macros. Some people like to do diets. Do what you need to do to make yourself happy. You need to be, at the end of the day, it's not about the coach. This sport is about the athlete. It's about what you want to do as an athlete and the way that you want to live your life. You want to be confident. You want to feel good. And a part of jumping on stage is to go through that journey of feeling good. You know, make sure that you're putting yourself first and don't worry about listening to certain coaches. If you want to go out and have a drink on the weekend, be social, that's cool. Go back to the drawing board on Monday and then get back after your goal. Like you have to put in the work if you want to get somewhere. So I think, you know, for expiring competitors or people that are currently competing, make sure you know where you want to go. Live your life a little bit as well. But when you're in the gym, when it comes to your nutrition, you know, be as disciplined as you can because consistency equals results. Yeah. With the food aspect of things in the nutrition, you hear a lot of people, they're full, you know, if it fits in macros, um, you know, we'll just jam anything into my uh, macros and calories. And then you got coaches that are, you know, you're boring five foods. Um, obviously, it's different too. But do you, are you an advocate of, you know, hit your macros or are you pretty damn strict when it comes to so, prepping a client? Yeah, it's funny. Back in the day when I first started this, I was very strict. I used to be like, not my way is the highway type of thing. Like you have to eat bro food. And, you know, there there is some merit to that. And now I've, I've softened my approach a little bit and I do realize that, you know, 
Like what's more important for me, my ego and saying, look, you have to do this or making sure that the client gets what they need. And sometimes, you know, a client, if they want to do macros, they might be holding on to having that one meal a day that they're looking forward to that's going to get them across the line. If, if, it, if it comes to comes down to having them, uh, giving them that one meal that they really like that's going to fit their macros and it's going to be sustainable to, for them to do a prep, then obviously let's do that versus stick to my bro diet and cheat and not, not tell me about it. So it's important to have that open communication with your coach. That way you can figure out a game plan, what you know you can and can't do. Uh, when it comes down to the crunch, though, and if we're in prep, we've got a goal set, we're ready to kill and commit. Um, it's eight weeks out, and I can see that we're not responding as well. I am going to switch over to some more cleaner options, and I'm going to still encourage them to do macros if they want to do macros, but I'm going to tighten up the food sources where they would need to approve certain food sources with me. And then as we get deeper into prep, I might have to take away some of those food sources. So um, some of the competitors that I have can get in shape um, eating almost whatever they like in peak week. I do change things up. I want to keep digestion, um, you know, on point, keep all food sources consistent. The biggest mistake you can do in, in peak week or even on comp day is fucking around with food sources. You haven't had the whole prep. You want to keep it basic, simple, easy to digest. Yeah. That way you're not going to bloat. It makes complete sense. But ladies will add things in that makes no sense. It's like how many times you see people having peanut butter, and jam backstage and they haven't had peanut butter and jam the whole prep like that's just not a smart thing to do yeah um just in saying that but in terms of like take away all the other factors just in terms of um results do you believe a calorie is a calorie no so you, I, do, I think, you do believe yeah. um obviously if we do different foods that could cause inflammation um etc you cannot look the same if you just if you, you know, you're just taking in calories of is a calorie of each food. Right. Cause if, if that was the case, you know, in theory, you know, you could have, for example, all your calories from let's say basmati rice or brown rice or in you know, a sweet potato, or let me just drink um, a whole bottle of, of Coke, right? Let me drink a two liters of Coke and see, you know, what that's going to do to my physique. You know, yeah. a calorie is not a calorie. So if we use that example, so we're going to say, oh, I can have a bottle of Coke every day. And it's not going to infect me. All right, let's go to the extreme then. Let's have a whole tub of ice cream, you know, every day and use that as my carbohydrate sources. Let's take away rice. Let's take away sweet potato and oats and all these good nutritious sources of carbohydrate, right? Let's just go to ice cream every meal. How is that going to be on my digestive health? How is that going to be my performance and my energy levels? We can't, in my opinion, we can't say that a calorie is a calorie when yeah. we're comparing food sources because there's so many different variables and we, we still have yet really discovered you know what different food sources play on our digestion our energy um apart from anecdotal evidence right so people are like oh if it's not proven in the lab we could assume that it's okay to do no that's bullshit because you know if i have something that's really hard to digest my energy sucks the next day you know we we, we know that we've got to listen to our body so i think that it's it's important for everyone to be very aware of what they put in their body if they're doing macros. Like I am a fan of doing macros if it's going to keep you on path, but just be aware that things like digestion and hormones are going to play a role when it comes to losing body fat and getting yourself in condition. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Definitely believe that. Um, I just believe everything in moderation, but that's what I've always believed. So that's yeah. right. If you want to have a Pepsi Max every now and then, have a Pepsi Max. That's cool. You know, just um, understand that when it's grind time, if you're doing a prep, then you might need to reduce it. And that's a variable that you might need to consider. 
Yeah, awesome. I appreciate the honesty. Um, we'll wrap it up here. One message, if you could leave anything to the fitness um, the fitness scene, if you could leave a message or, you know, say, say, you, say you were dying tomorrow and you wanted to leave your last message, is there anything you would leave to make your statement? I think listen to your gut, right? When it comes to this game or when it comes to life, listen to your gut. If you go against your gut, you're going to make the wrong decision. That comes with doing a contest prep, comes with, you know, training, listening to your body with, with food and injury, people. If you listen to your gut, it's never going to do you wrong. Yeah, I like that. I've always been a big believer in that too. So, um, man, it's been awesome having you on board. I'd love to get you on board again, obviously. You know, we can do different segments and talk more. But the information you gave out today was, um, yeah, I think the listeners will love it. And it's a lot of stuff that I, I never hear besides what you've talked about on your own podcast. Um, I think it's just a great insight and people need to learn more. And obviously, you know, if they need a coach, go inquire and um, reach out to you. But um, could you just leave everyone like your socials, um, how they can inquire to you uh, for comp prep, if you're even taking on clients or that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty busy right now. So I'd look at if anyone was that serious about a contest prep, I think it's best to you know consider doing season B or even a mid-year show. Um, that way you're going to give yourself enough time. Like, I don't know why, but some ladies will, you know, contact me last minute and they're, you know, 12 weeks out, 16 weeks out, 20 <laughs> weeks out and they say, can we do a prep? And a lot of these ladies aren't in good shape and their metabolism isn't firing. So take your time. Don't rush the process. Like put yourself in a position to do well, build your metabolism up. And then, you know, we can discuss contest prep. But, you know, for the people out there, follow me at, you know, on Insta- Instagram's the best thing. Like, I don't know about anyone else. Like I'm not on too much on Facebook, but Instagram, you can get me at, at Troy J Thornton, just send me a direct message. I always reply to people um, when I can. And um, that's probably the best way to go about it. We can have a conversation. Awesome. I appreciate that. And obviously I'll leave all the links um, on all the socials when I put it up. Just one last thing. Are you predominantly just girls or can guys contact you too? So I'm predominantly, predominantly ladies. Generally, if guys contact me, I refer to a couple of mates that I might know or coaches that, you know, in the space and I'll ask them a few questions. Of, you know, what's the goal? Oh, you want to do men's physique? Cool. I might send you here or who have you spoken to? Um, I always generally refer male. Um, sometimes I take on some the males if I'm working with their partner. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, interesting. So that would be the situation where I would. But generally speaking, I, I like to stick to the ladies. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate that, man. And um, for everyone out there, if you want to reach out to Troy, obviously he does reply to his messages um, or myself. Um, if you need any you know, guidance or anything um, you want to ask, we more than happily get back to you. So thanks for coming on board, Troy. And um, I can't wait to get this up and live. And that is the first podcast of 2021. Thanks for listening, guys.